You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Proverb writer is addressing who he deems his son. His son. So the implication is is very clear that it is a father talking to his son or figuratively speaking someone that is mature. One of the primary things that a father has to do in reference to a son or a daughter is train him or her. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when the child is old or mature, he or she will not depart from it. And training can be difficult on the flesh. Training can can challenge you. But if a person receives training, notice again the promise in Proverbs 22 and 6, when the person is mature or older, the person will not depart from it. Bottom line, it's a blessing when you adhere to instructions, teaching, or such in the form of, of training or with the consideration that what you're getting from a person is going to help you be better. And that's what all of us should want. We should want to be better. And sometimes you have to be trained or sometimes you have to go through, again, what, I, what you may consider difficult situations in order to be better. Matter of fact, let's, let, let's just put on the table a question. Have you ever went through something you really didn't want to go through that made you better? By sure hands. Have something ever, or I should say, has someone ever done something to you, such as a parent spanking you or disciplining you, but and you didn't like it, but in the end it made you whoo. 
I said it made you better. Didn't feel good at the time, but in hindsight, it made you better. And so, a father, a good father, whether human or God himself, will do things that will make you better. And when I talk about a human father, I'm not just talking about your literal father, but I'm also talking about a spiritual father. Whatever is put on the table is going to make you better if you adhere to it. And every good father Especially if that good father is using scripture, expects his son or daughter to mature and be better when it comes to their thoughts, words, and deeds expects their behavior to be a reflection of their training or what they have been taught. Every good father, especially again those that use God's word as a tool to train them. And so contextually you'll notice that the primary thing that the father says to the son initially here in verse 1 is that I do not want you to forget my law. I don't want you to forget the word that I have taught you. I don't want you to forget what you said was your, was your rhema. I don't want you to forget what you said you needed when you were going through a difficult time. Don't forget the word. And you know forget has many meanings. But in one sense, contextually, when it comes to forgetting, it has to do with neglecting or not paying attention. The father does not want the son to neglect the word or to not pay the word any attention. And, you know, we can get to the point to where we, we are just somewhat ignore the word for various reasons. And don't try to act like you never just tried to put the word aside. You know, sometimes when you want to do what you do, you will just neglect the word. It's not that you don't 
know the word. But when you're in a place where you really don't want to do the word, you will act like you don't. Woo, some of y'all help me out then. Yeah, you know what the word says, but you want to do what you want to. My son, do not forget. Don't forget. See, see, because sometimes we, we can be happy about a word, but then situations will arise. And the same word we were happy about does not give us joy anymore. You were happy about giving. But then you went through a rough patch financially. And when folks tried to tell you, look, if you just continue to give, you're going to come out your You didn't want to hear that. You wanted money. You wanted what you wanted instead of the word. Woo! I just need a friend right now. I don't need you preaching to me. You've heard somebody say that? I know what the Bible says. You don't have to tell me. I know scripture. Yeah, but at one time, that's what you wanted, scripture. At one time, that's what you wanted, truth. But then when your situation changed, didn't want the word. Yeah. What made you happy now makes you upset. What you used to adhere to like a fly that gets stuck on fly paper It does not stick to you the way it used to. Why? Your situation has changed. You used to tell folks the significance and the necessity of prayer being dedicated. Sacrificing. But your situation has changed. So now you don't even tell folks how important it is to pray every day. How important it is to trust God with all of your heart. And get this, and not lean to your own understanding. You don't do it anymore. Because your situation has changed. God had to tell an entire church that had fallen in the book of Revelation, remember where you have fallen. 
they had started to forget or neglect because their situation had changed. What is about situations changing? Some people can't handle change. And instead of change making them better, it makes them worse. Oh, yeah. You, you take a woman that, that always thought she, she was ugly, not fine. When she finally looks in that mirror and she, she finally listens to all of the compliments, she, she, it, it hits her. I look good. I'm a pretty woman. But how is the change going to affect her? Because some women, when, when, when they realize how fine and how pretty they are, it changes them for the worse. Oh, oh, she doesn't realize how pretty she is, so now she won't even praise God. Oh, folk done told her how fine she is, and now she won't even hardly speak to some folk. I'm working it even if you don't think I am. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, situations are going to change. But don't allow change to mess you up. When, when you broke, you had, when, when some folk broke, they have a certain character. But then when they mess around and get a little piece of money. That, that same person just changes for the worse. That person forgets his or her. Humility and changes for the worse. It's a wonderful thing to be blessed, but don't allow your blessing to cause you to change for the worse. Yeah. And, and, and some folks. Change for the worse by not enjoying what God blesses them with. God blesses you with a million dollars, but you still want to stay in your apartment. That's, that's not good. God blesses you with a million dollars, but you still want to drive a car 
that barely will take you to Rootville. That's not good. But on the flip side of that, God blesses you with a million dollars and you, you spend the whole million on a house. That's not good. Don't allow change to change you for the worse. Don't allow it to happen. You have to adjust. Yeah, you, you have to adjust. But part of your adjustment should be what you have been trained to do. How you have been instructed to think, talk, and act. No matter what happens, the word going to remain the same. No matter what happens, whether you go up or down, the word is still going to give you instruction on how to behave. And a good father again expects his son or daughter not to forget the training, the word. The instruction. One root meaning of expect is to look at. To look at. To watch. I know he done been taught, but he's not acting the way he's been instructed. I know she know better. But she's acting as if she doesn't. You expect and therefore you look to see if what you expect is manifesting or is there a change for the worse. Talking about a father. Spiritual. Literal. The heavenly father looking to see if what I expect is happening or is it something worse. Say to your neighbor, fathers don't always like what they see. Especially if they're seeing something that they didn't. I was hoping you was going to finish. <laughs> you, you got to know if I'm, if I'm teaching on particular things that I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be expecting certain things. 
You got to know that, that if I'm teaching the elders or teaching the ministers certain things, that then I'm going to be looking. If I don't look, if I don't expect, I'm not a good father. But if I look and if I, I don't see what I want to see based upon the word, you're not a good son or daughter. Ooh, it's getting heavy in here. Getting hot. But we got to stay in the kitchen for a minute. Get your rag and just wipe if it get too hot. And so notice again when it comes to the text. Verse 1, my son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands. got to choose to do what's right even when it don't feel right if right is the right way to go go right even if left is more appealing you got to stick or keep the commands. You got to be a word keeper. I said you got to be a word keeper. It's not always easy to live the Christian life. Sometimes it's a battle because with the Christian life comes trials, troubles. You get stabbed in the back, in the neck, in the leg, in the arm. Relationships change. But you still have to do right. You have to strive to think, talk, and do according to what is written and revealed. Your behavior should be word in the church and outside the church. Everything you do should be based upon the written and revealed will of God, no matter what. And when you are a word keeper, you're going to be blessed by God. Because you know there's a distinction between the blessings of humans and the blessings of God. We often quote Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessings of the Lord makes one and he has no sorrow with him. He'll cause you to be productive in every aspect of your life. When you're a word keeper, you're blessed. You got to understand that. 
Matter of fact, let's just see what Jesus said. Let's go to the book of John real quick. Y'all stay with me. I done laid a foundation for a good minute, but I hope you receive. John 14. Luke 11. Let's go there first. Luke 11. And notice, notice the wording in the verses that I'm going to read carefully. But remember, when you are word keeper, you are blessed. Right? But notice Luke 11, 27 and 28. Ready? And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him of Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nourished you. Jesus responded by saying, more than that, he didn't disagree with the person, but he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? That's it. When you hear the word and do what? You got to hold on to it. And you have to know that there's a devil that tries to steal it. But then you have an enemy that's, that's worse than the devil. Your flesh. There will always be that part of you that will try to tell you not to do what God told you to do. It's going to be that. It's especially when you get to going through trouble or especially when you desire something that's in contrast to God's will. Those two things, when you're in trouble and when you are desiring something that's out of God's will. That's when it's going to be a battle to be a word keeper. But when you keep the word, you're going to be blessed. God is going to make sure his benefits not only come your way, but they overtake you. God is going to make sure that you receive his bounty in the church and outside the church. Again, Jesus said, blessed are those that hear and keep it. You hear it, and it becomes a part of your makeup. You start doing that word. James so understood stood what Jesus said to where in the book of James, he said, uh, don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. And when you do such, you're blessed. Bearing witness to the text here. You're blessed when you do such. Y'all all right? And so, going back to Proverbs 3, it points out three things in reference to The blessing of being a word keeper. 
You can't forget. You got to keep the word. And when you do so, you're going to be blessed in three aspects based upon Proverbs 3 and 2. And we're going to deal with it and I'm going to be done. All right? So consider the first thing that he says. I'm going to read verse 1 again and then we're going to read the first part of verse 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days. That's the first thing. If you keep the word, you're going to have length of days. Length of days. And figuratively, length of days has to do with a particular quality of life that only God can give you. I said length of days, figuratively speaking, has to do with a quality of life that only God can give you. Two scriptures speaks volume about the quality of life that God wants his children to have. First one is John 10, 10, where Jesus said, The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life, and that more abundantly. I want you to have more than enough when it comes to your life. I need you to say something to somebody real quick. Say, that verse, that verse is not just for walk. It's for every blood-washed child of God. I have come that you may have and that more. That's for everybody. Don't ever think you, you can't have a better life. Don't ever try to say because you didn't get the right education. That's the reason you don't have a better life. No. This is God's earth. And if he came so you can have life and have it more abundantly. He can, he can cause you to be blessed bountifully simply by you putting into action his word. I said simply by you putting into action his word. You can't just think just because if you would have been more educated, you would be blessed. Some of the most broke folk I know. Of folk with degrees. Several degrees but still broke. Got a degree in three fields and ain't working in one of them. Then some are working in their field but they're not getting enough money to live a good life. 
It takes God doing for them in order to have the type of life that they desire. Am I right? How come y'all act like I ain't right there? That's just a true thing. God can turn your life completely around and cause it to be better than it's ever been simply because that's why he came. But let's take it further. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. Y'all, y'all stay with me. Deuteronomy 28 and 13. Now this is what the man of God told the people God would do for them because he had experienced it. Deuteronomy 28 and 13. Ready? And the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You shall be above how long? And not what? But notice this, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you today, and are careful to observe them. Basically saying the same thing that the proverb writer said. If you keep the word. You're going to have length of days or quality of life that only God can give you. And that's it. Just, just keeping the word. You can't follow the word and not be blessed. You can't follow the word and good things not happen to you. It may not happen immediately because you got to get soaked in the word. But if you get soaked in that word and you, you, that word becomes a part of your thoughts, your, your talk, your doings, you're going you to start receiving blessings that you never expected, that you never dreamed you would, you would receive. If you just get in that word, get soaked in it, and stay there. You got to stay there. Once, once you get that word in you, you got to stay in that word. And when you stay in that word, Deuteronomy 28 and 13 is going to start manifest. I don't care where you work. It's going to start manifesting in your life. God will bless you to the point to where you can't go nowhere without being blessed. Ooh, that was too hard for some of y'all. I said, when you get in that word, God will bless you to the point to where everywhere you go, it'll be a blessing and it'll be a blessing for you. You won't even be expecting, sir. You'll just be going somewhere and, and all of a sudden when you get there, it's a blessing waiting on you. You can't even walk around your own house without being blessed. And even when something that is not good pops up, God going to turn around, fix that, and cause a blessing to come out of it. Yeah. 
You hear me? But you have to be a word keeper. You got to keep the word. I said you have to keep the word. Second thing, back in Proverbs 3. Long life. And if you're not careful, you, 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 you'll see length of days and long life like they mean the same thing, but not so. Again, length of days has to do with the quality of life. But long life has to do with you not dying until your appointment. I said you're not dying until your appointment. There are folks that die before their appointed time. But when you are a word keeper, you ain't going nowhere until it's your appointment. I said when you are a word keeper, you ain't going nowhere until your appointed time. Let me, let me give you a Bible on that. Let's go to Hebrews 9. Y'all stay with me. Hebrews 9. I've had to tell a couple of doctors, I ain't going nowhere until it's my time. I know what you're saying, but I ain't going nowhere until my, until my time. If, God, if, if it ain't my time, I ain't going nowhere. I don't care what you see. If it ain't my time, I ain't going nowhere. You have, to, you have to have that in your spirit. If, 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 you, if you are a God man or woman, you got to have that in your spirit. Based upon this verse right here, Hebrews 9 and 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once. I'm going to stop at that first clause. It's an appointment. I don't care how sick you get. If it's not your time. You ain't going nowhere. Folk can be done gave up on you. And I have seen it. With several in here. You ain't going nowhere. If you believe this scripture. Until it's your time. Now if you get the talking death. Yeah, you're going to die. Because Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and are in the power of the... Yeah, you, you can talk your own demise into being. You can speak literal death on yourself. I don't think I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. And you keep saying that? You're going to die. Is pastor prophesying I'm going to die? Because I do say that all the time. No, you prophesied. <laughs> Death and? Or in the power of the what? No. 
you got to know that, that God is the only one with the appointment book. And no matter what no person says, he has the final say. You can't trust because somebody has seen something that they can tell you when it's over for you. No. You got to believe that he has the appointment book. Well, let's just sell that right now. Do you have the appointment book? No. You know anybody else who has the appointment book? No. You know why? Because God has it. He has it. He has the appointment book, which is synonymous with the book of life. He has it. He has the book. And sometimes you have to get smarter folk that, that's trying to tell you otherwise. They, you may get put out of their office, but at least you told them the truth. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I, I, I got put out of a doctor's office for, for just telling him the truth. He basically put death on my day. I said, look, you, you, ain't, you can't tell him he's going to die. You, you don't know that. I said, you can tell him based upon this that it says that he's going to die, but you can't say he's going to die because you, you, you ain't God. You're not God. God has the final say. And, and this, is, this is the thing, the person that told my father at that time that he was going to die, he died. But my father lived 15 years past that, that, the day that he said he would make it in less than two, in two years he would be dead. You got to know that God has the final say. That's the reason he's Alpha, Omega, beginning, and end. And see, some folks get nervous when I talk like this because, because you, you think that I'm, I'm getting beside myself saying stuff like this. No, I'm Bible. I'm Bible right now. I said I'm Bible right now. If I drop dead right now, it's because God is it's my, it's, it's my appointment. That Reverend Walker show we are crazy. <laughs> Call it what you want. And notice the final thing and peace they will add to you. If you're a word keeper, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace. You're going to have shalom. The Hebrew word. You're going to have happiness. You're going to have prosperity. And you're going to be able to deal with the happenings of life God's way. That's what peace is. Peace is when you can deal with whatever arises in your life peace is when you have happiness and peace is prosperity 
And when you're a word keeper, you're going to have peace. Peace is something, biblically speaking, uh, when it comes to God, that surpasses all understanding. Folk question folk that, that are happy even, even when everything that can go wrong is taking place. You just got turned down and you act like that didn't even bother you. It didn't. Because God got the final say. When Job had lost everything, he, he still had his peace. And backed it up by saying the Lord gives and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. How can somebody say that in, in such a horrendous time? Peace. Peace. But see, God's peace is distinct from the world's peace. Earlier, I wanted you to go to the book of John, but and, uh, and I was going to give you a verse, and this is a particular verse that, that I want you to have. Go with me to John 14. The book of John 14. And 27. Remember, if you're a word keeper, you're going to have peace. Length of days, long life, and peace. John 14 and 27. Jesus said, peace, I'm leaving with you. And then he, then he says something that's just so wonderful. My peace. I give to you. But then he clarifies. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be what? When you got God's peace. Your heart ain't going to be troubled. Nor afraid. Why? You got his peace. Suppose you're going through something rough. It's just a part of life. That's how you look at it. But if God allows it, he can also bring you through it. He'll not put no more on you than you can handle. And with the temptation... Bible promises that he'll make a way of escape. And keep in mind, all, all, all that I'm talking about is based upon you being a word keeper. Not a word keeper, no peace. Not a word keeper, no long life. No length of days. Not according to what he has ordained anyway. You can live long based upon what man 
prescribes to you. But you won't like it. Yeah, it, it's folks that want to die. I said it's folks that want to die. Because they hate the life that they have. But when God gives you length of days and long life and peace, you're going to love life. Why? Because you're, you're receiving on earth the best you can ever get. And that's the reason we tell folk can't nobody but do you like who? And I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.